Good evening, good morning, and good afternoon, New Eden. This is Estrella Khan, and we are welcoming everybody to Sunday's episode of Talking in Stations. Today I'm here with a few guests, a few notable guests, and we'll get to them here shortly. But I'm also um, joined today by my friend Ben and my friend Shin. Do you guys want to go ahead and just say hello real quick? Hello real quick. Hello. <laughs> How are y'all doing this uh, this morning or whatever time y'all are in currently? It's doing fine. Thank you. Very well, yeah. Good, good. How about our guests? I mean, we've already pretty much know Eric from last week's show, but I didn't get to properly introduce my other good friend, Beacon Boy. How are you doing today? Doing real good. Thanks for having me back. Hey, no problem, no problem. And then also, just in case we didn't have anybody watch last week's show, do y'all want to go ahead and just do a quick introduction before we get started? Sure. So I'm a CEO for Galactic Hauling. We've been doing jump freighter hauling for 10 years into low sec, and uh, we're ready to move your cargo. Yeah, so my name is Eric Bottleson. I run low sec buyback. I'm heavily involved with high sec buyback. Been doing that for a couple of years now, and uh, that's where I'm from. Cool, cool, cool. And yeah, like at the end of the show, we'll make sure we get a lot of questions because last week's show was pretty pretty knowledgeable about the information that we were receiving and it wasn't enough to get in one show or so we're trying to trying to make sure we get everything processed on this show um now but before we get to that there is a few things of news that we have to go over so uh, the first part of the uh, the news is a new ship skins for the consortium ccp had released a dev blog about it but it's it's basically just centered around the new consortium skins. Do y'all know a lot about that stuff, Shannon and Ben? Well, yeah. I mean, it's essentially the skin you see on, on ships. Right now, you're able to customize it, but put it on structures. It's something that CCP has promised last year since FanFest. It's coming in the next expansion. With that, you're now able to buy the skins, like ship skins. You're able to only rent them. With renting it and a lot of, at least with Nosec, is I think this happens too with a lot of um, uh, Losec groups. And since we have some CEOs of of corps here, then we can we can talk about this if this is true for some holding corps as well. Where a lot of alliances they have holding corps, and holding corps are there with only directors out, and they're out to keep in place with access, but not actually using them. So therefore, there won't be a lot of ever marks. With that. Is in, almost impossible for big structures like, like for example, the one DQ Keepstars to actually have skins on them. So this seems like for me, CCP designed this for high sec or low sec or non sec small groups, and this is only for small groups. But if not on, any... not only that, like the, a lot of wormhole people, like yeah, they they have like let's say offset alliances, so that they don't get awarded to sell their blue, their blue loots. So that's even more like not available for them. So yeah, like no sec, wormholes, low sec. That's a lot of people not having access to that. Yeah, and then another notable thing about the skins too that'll be really cool is they're gonna. Well, there's a few things. They're gonna have the the whole the customization options are gonna be included for whole logos, lights, and colors. So like 
it's going to be just a broad spectrum of different kind of like cool things that you could put on your your station skins yeah 99 different colors and three shines so 33 different colors with shine so that that's actually i think they are going to be looking like really great but another thing that mm -hmm. they announced is another way to get the evermarks which it will be something else than what we got with uh, like uh, giving the ships to uh, like the other ones it should be something that the corp leader can be able to give quests or something like that missions to the new bros to or well, anyone and that's gonna be awards evermark so if you are able to do that in your own space that could actually be great and if you can actually accept missions from another corporation now you just unlock like the issue of like what we were speaking about earlier not being accessible for bigger groups wormholes and losec interesting thing about the the thing of thing the update too that I don't think anybody's kind of discussed just yet is that these skins will also be permanent too. So, you know, with your ship skins, you can swap them out as much times as you want. But with these Upwell consortium skins, this will be permanent. So once you apply it, I don't believe you could change it based off of the devlog. In the other CCP stream, they show that you can change it, but you'll have to repay like the, uh, like, um, the rent to be able to show gotcha. them for a, a, like a certain time so if you get 30 days then you can sell it but well sorry you just lost like yeah, the evermore that you spent but yeah like you can if you like if you pay the evermore you, you'll be able to change it oh, my 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 mistake correction thank you for correcting me on that thing and there are ways to to change it oh go ahead, also, just to add a few more like to add up to i guess to the solutions one thing we can expect is what CCP said in the stream, right? More ways to get Evermarks. But another way to simply put, just have an Alliance Evermark, right? There we have personal ones, we have Corp ones. Why not just add an Alliance one, right? And that way you can up the amount, right? Needed for for skins, like, right? For Alliance skins, Alliance uh, structure skins. But this way uh, is open up to much more groups, right? A, a group to a certain size, you have to avoid espionage, have to have a holding corp, Anyone with that situation, they're not able to use it. So I think that prevents a lot of people from actually enjoying this expansion. And briefly, also, can you kind of explain why it would be counterproductive to, to not have this in place if you can prevent espionage and pre prevent corp theft? Well, one of the things is with NOSEC, at least, and also Wormhole and LOSEC, uh, a lot of times, Holding corps are there to hold structures and a lot of access. A lot of access, let's say, to able to control the structure, able to abandon structures, able to pull out fuels, readjust fittings, and all that stuff. Of course, espionage has been something that CP has been heavily, heavily advertising to um, non-EVE players. But as much as that's true, bigger groups are, have learned the lessons and tried to avoid that as much as possible. So if you add characters to holding corps, but then you're you have the you're putting risk to yourself of are those characters going to be safe? Are those people that I can trust? And sure, maybe you can hard hardly trust like ten, twenty people, but are you able to trust two hundred people, two thousand people, right? <laughs> and that's the question. Uh, one yeah. of the things, 
I guess Asher said during the fireside is we just have like 200 people join that, that corp and just strictly with absolutely no roles set them in Jita and then just have haul freighters of frigates haul, haul them to the Paragon station and just have them mechanically do the mission every day. That's another way to do it, but is that really enjoying Eve? Is that what CP meant for? I don't know. Yeah, because like when you're like having like one of those corp that that are there not only is that for a security because like if you don't do that there's so many ways to actually abuse the system of corporation and management like it's really too easy like someone that knows what they're what they're doing or that they've been like owning a corporation for quite a time they know like a lot of little ways to hurt a big organization so yeah like those shell corp are really necessary for the game to be happening right and i and i and i think it's one or two things that's happening with this too or the lack of at least changing corporation corporational structure i think it's either ccp hasn't gotten around to remodify the way corporations are set up or i think it's a little bit of what shin was saying to where, I don't know, I feel like CCP has an insatiable hunger for, like, espionage stories. Because you, you were kind of telling, I'm saying a little bit about how, like, no, I don't think you were talking about it. But you, there, was a, there was a video a few years ago that had described a player who was seeking revenge on a corporation that had killed him, right? And he had joined his corporation and he got revenge and he took all his stuff. I feel like that's always kind of been CCP's way of looking at spy games and Eve is they they openly accept it. And I feel like maybe on one way or another, they're willing to update changes with that in mind and not eliminate that gameplay style. Do you all feel the same way as well? It's a sandbox (laughs) and they have every reason to be advertising that they do very little regulation on it. And I think that's what makes the game great. It's definitely one of the things that makes Eve so unique. And the, the spy stuff along with these big massive wars are the stuff that makes the headlines, right? And catches attention. So I definitely can understand why they'd lean into it. Yeah. But also there's the, like usually you should have like counterplay for like when you get like a, a kind of gameplay, you should always uh, like balance it with counterplay. And like the counterplay for espionage has been like third party developed. Like, development so you need to get mm-hmm. someone like uh, with uh, like it like uh, skills to be able to help you with everything that has to do with espionage and that's like like on the other side of what should be like the gaming boundaries well that's an opinion but yeah and then again it's it's not like you could fully stop somebody because it's so easy to start up a new tune, skill inject them, or even just buy an account from the Inu Eden Bazaar. It just it's just espionage. And of course this is what makes the game, you know, dynamically interesting. Mm-hmm. And I just I just feel like, yeah, there is a lack of counterplay and I do feel like in a lot of changes that ccp makes or updates they come with that in mind to continue to uh, at least allow people that 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 availability to take advantage of corporations because yeah i mean that's what makes the game interesting that's what gives the game more at least more purpose if you always have that that glaring kind of like scare in the back of your mind that at any point there's somebody in my corporation that could screw me over you know 
you'll be less likely to be like a Care Bear and Heisek just mining away just obliviously if you always have that that danger in your mind that, okay, well, the guy I'm mining with one day might just gank me because I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't yeah, know. or the other way around. Like, like I, I've been ganked like too much and I've lost too much and now I'm only a Care Bear and Heisek. Yeah. <laughs> Post-traumatic so, syndrome. <laughs> We could spin all day about that. Uh, uh, there I go with tangent. So uh, let's let's go ahead and back up. So the next point, the next part of the news, Plex sale going on. I think it was. Let's see. Yeah. So you, uh, this new Plex sale going on. You get two for one for the Plex, and then I also do believe included in the Plex there's skill injectors and skill extractors for Alpha and Omega accounts. Do you guys uh, plan on getting the Plex? sale or using the plex sale well i'm still plex like up to not an, a year but i still got a lot of time <laughs> well you're are, you mean you have a subscription of up for a year or you have enough plexes for a year i've got I'm... enough plexes and time about uh oh, yeah yeah okay. some advantages oh, of like, uh, wormholes well if you're interested you could you could always just send me some plexes and you know you could restock on this this a new amazing deal that CCP is offering. <laughs> Did anybody else want to add anything to this uh, this sale? Do y'all plan on getting it? I mean, this is a good time to liquidate your Plex. Plex has been driving up really high because we were buying those Plexes to to then buy mm -hmm. those skill structures, and I believe that's how it goes. That's why the uh, Plex price been driving very high. Like it's up like, like over well over the five million mark which is something that people will be saying like it's hard to break but with sales it's been always been broken like that but this time it's like 5.5 almost and this is one of the rare cases to see like even buy prices are like 5.48 something like that and you and you you think that with this sale it'll be enough to get that below that buy order price like afterwards or or just during it, because like I feel like I don't think it'll bring it down too much because of the demand. I don't know. I feel like we're in a crazy amount of inflation in New Eden nowadays. Do you feel the same way too? I mean, inflation is not good. So, but it it has to be what percentage, right? That two percent mark. Mm -hmm. But the the thing with plexes is, from previous experiences, like they do a sale, price plex parts go up, and then it comes down with the long way like it, it doesn't really come down right away and during the during the year with like caps are really hard to build before this april or march's expansion right where caps are much easier to build right now uh, or last year's i don't remember this year or last year's um, last expansion year's. where like there, there's been like a, a like a soften up on cap uh, production like yeah, yeah 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 i went basically uh, before that during that year like Every time there is a sale, Plex goes up, it stays there, another sale, it goes up, and it just keep climbing. So it's good to see it come down for the last few months, last few weeks. But yeah, it's, we, we will see. This will be an interesting one. Actually, I got like a, like a, like a follow-up question on that. Do you think that it's a CCP that is doing that on purpose to actually uh, like get the Plex at the right place and get people to buy Plexes? Like with, uh, let's say, an upcoming expansion that they want to be sure that people are I'm playing. I mean, there are two ways to look at it. One is 
if you look at it from a business perspective, the higher the plex price is, the better it is, right? Because you're people are paying no matter what, how much, like no matter what the plex price is, they're paying like say twenty dollars for five hundred plex, right? That will not change. And then it's how much enjoyment that your customer able to get from that twenty dollar experience, right? If if you can cash out like one point two billion, that's better than one billion, right? In that way, the higher it is. But also, if you look at from a player or an expansion perspective, a game perspective, I think the Plex price goes down means it's doing very well because that means a lot of people, a lot of new players are, are getting in. And then new players want to get a head start, they have to buy Plex, which means that more Plex are injecting to the market and therefore Plex, Plex price is going to go down. That's been the saying after... The previous expansion, the, the faction warfare expansion, was live. We have seen that a little bit, but like at least for the hard, a two, couple months after the expansion was live, it stayed pretty much, I think, where it was. So it's, it's been going down ever since that. So we'll see about this expansion. Like I, I still think expansion is doing really well, attracting all the new players. But if it goes up. We will see how how to explain that afterwards. One thing I did want to piggyback off of Ben too is with these skill extractors. Do you think it was either timed by CCP to kind of like get people to start planning to free up skill points for the lancers, or do you do well not even or but and then on top of that, it's not really a related question, but do you see a lot of people? Taking advantage of the sale because of yeah, like the lance just coming, it's going to require a lot of training time. Yeah, yeah. How do y'all feel about the question and stuff? Yeah, well, the the lancer itself, it's not everyone that's wants to get into into them. It's going to be like only a few people for it that will want to fill up that role because it's really like a new and a specific role uh, that mm. requires people with uh, let's say a good wallet. And also that uh, they are ready to do the initial experiment of like that works, that doesn't. So yeah, like I think it's gonna get to a very specific people uh, in big groups. So it's not. I don't think it is gonna get a lot of attention aside from a few big groups. I mean, but these big groups will have a lot of people in a lot of alts. So I I think like it'll be. A lot bigger when you compare it to like high sec, which I mean, nobody's really going to be using these ships in high sec. And even there's only a few major, there's only going to be a few minority low sec corporations that will also be fielding these, especially because of like the danger of testing, being the first ones to test it out. It's going to be the no sec groups that are going to one be, you know, hungry enough to try them out, test them out, tinker with them, and then have the bodies and the ISK and the supply chains to produce them. Well, so I feel like this will. Them and snuffed out. Well, <laughs> I mean, the, the minority of those like, well, yeah, yeah. I think that I think that's a great thing for uh, this new uh, update coming up. It's really going to be interesting. I'm I'm not trying to go back into the whole discussion, but like, man, I'm just so excited to see how everything kind of just plays out. But yeah, so that's the the skin or not the yeah the plex changes sorry i'm a little tired so now with that being said there is one more related piece of information that i'm gonna just briefly touch because it's kind of deep as far as like the lore is concerned and i don't want to take up too much time but it's related to the kaldari and mimitar reset that had happened about a month ago 
in the latest news, the Kaldari are expanding and creating more closer ties with the Mimitar, and they're establishing, which will also kind of lead into some economic changes for players. But before I even start talking about it, do you guys know a lot about this change, or do y'all have any questions about it that you've kind of... Once you've read the article, you've kind of raised, some, raised your eyebrows a little bit. Yeah, well, it's an RP article, so we'll see how it's going to be applied in-game, because we know that CCP want to get rid of pauses, so how that's going to be uh, like implemented, because the pauses are great because of the force field, but if those are in the open, not sure they're going to be used that much, because, well... The, the bosses are, are fun because they can get uh, deployed fast, like in a few minutes or a few hours, depending on the, the size and the complexity of them. But the module that you used to have in them, you cannot have anymore. So will those be something that you can put in the bosses? So I think that it's like new codes and old codes. Like what's going to be happening with that? Mm. Because you, you still can get like a, a stretcher pretty cheap and just get like an industry in it, into it. With unlimited right, access but, to cargo. Right, but with well, with this change specifically, I mean, it, it, it'll be advantaging mostly like Mimitar and Kaldari pilots. And not everybody who, who is set up to do, like you said, buy a POS has the standings for that. So do you, don't you believe like it would be kind of like a plus for those people? Well, it's the Ishikon Corporation, if, and if I remember correctly, or correct me if I'm wrong, Ishikon Corporation are one of the corporations in the Caldari that are the most market-friendly with everyone, meaning that they will most likely be wanting to sell this stuff to everyone, so just as they did with mm -hmm. the, caps, the, the capsule technology. Well, it's going to be, well, with the lower vein, it looks like it's going to be more towards improving standings with Mimitar, right? So, like, I don't know. Maybe I'm doing a little tinfoiling, and that's why I'm trying to, like, avoid this whole situation. But <laughs> it, based off of this, this post and last post, it's more of a development to improve the economic facilities of the Mimitar. So I feel like if you don't have maybe a direct tie to the Republic, then maybe they wouldn't work with you. But, of course, that's all speculative. But Exciting there are... Stuff. Huh? Exciting stuff. Oh, exciting stuff, yeah. One one concern that I did see, and I'll, I'll briefly touch on this, is a lot of people are concerned about the changes economically and uh, because they won't have access to the manufacturing, the research and the, the compressing and the refining productions from these, uh, from these facilities. Do you think that with the... Uh, with people not being allowed to get access to them do you think it'll have a big enough economic draw to be a negative aspect for a lot of people or do you kind of like you were saying before don't see a lot of people being drawn to it because of the the vulnerability aspect well everything that's to do with standing is not for a majority of people i think because a lot of people want to enjoy the sandbox effect of EVE Online, which is <laughs> not the standings, which requires missions and other kinds of stuff that is not for everyone to play with. So mm -hmm. not sure that it's going to be that much on standing, but maybe it's, maybe it's going to be in the LP store of those factions so that you can buy them and install it like in Wormhole's Paradise or 
a NullSec or anywhere else. So maybe it's just mm -hmm. going to be like where it's going to be sold. That that would actually yeah. make maybe more sense. Yeah, like just like LP store for like yeah, for like uh, Ishukon and not remember which of the Matar tribe. And then also too to kind of like just leave it at this. If you are interested more in like the RP side of this, Astarothy did a video like I said about a. Well, I think the 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 original reset was about a month ago, and I know he had made a hour long video kind of explaining the the post and uh, these new ties that are forming between the Kaldari and the Mimitar. And I'm pretty sure based off of how he normally does his live streams, so he'll also release one on this one. And he'll kind of go more because Estorothy is pretty knowledgeable about RP and the lore. So he'll, he'll go really in depth in detail about this. So if you haven't already subscribed to Estorothy, I would and go ahead and click that follow button. Yeah. On YouTube. The last bit of news what we're going to cover real quick is uh, this whole kerfuffle wouldn't be the right word, but this whole thing going on with the knit goons and uh, is it a possible reset? Have you guys had a chance to kind of review over Reddit specifically as to what's going on with that? And do you have any opinions going on with that as well? Is that in it one? Right. Mm. Yeah. So in it officially leaves the Imperium. So, but we're still stay in blue with them. For line members, the only difference is we lose access, of course, to uh, Fountain Market and Ratting. But everything else pretty much stays the same. Yeah. Still got the bridge access? Yep, still got the bridge access. So it's just okay. bit like it give the permission for Init to actually just don't have too much diplomatic ties with uh, Imperium deals. Is that it? But they will also lose, well, we were sharing our spaces before they would lose that and they would lose the market. So it's just like cutting ties, they, they, they gain their freedom, but they also lose, quote unquote, the nest thing. Do they already have a confirmed area that they're moving to or is that still being kind of... They're about? staying where they are. Fountain. Oh, really? Okay. Well, interesting. Huh. So on the init side, like, it doesn't change much for them, right? Like for like the regular F1 player. I mean, against it's ratting, right? Ratting, they can't really rat in Delve or Queers or anywhere else in Imperium space. They can't use the market in 1DQ. Um, other than that, it's pretty much the same for them for now. Okay, but Until they still got content and everything. Yeah. So wait, no, no, no big difference. It's just that like, I know yesterday on the Meta show they were talking about uh, maybe something happening to the TTT. Do you have like information concerning that? Oh, Shine said it, right? He's, he has his eyes on it, but nothing immediate. Interesting. Yeah, I should probably go watch that. What exactly did they say about... <laughs> did they just say they want to destroy it or like do they hint at it or nudge? I mean, Shine's been saying about that for a while, right? He, he doesn't think it's healthy to have a keepstar as a market in high sec uh, but with the current mechanics it's kind of hard to kill it so but also with ties of big groups it's extremely hard to even kill it when big groups are not getting involved so yeah right and i think it's gonna be probably kind of like decided with goons i mean i've known goons have also said they have disdain towards the ttt so if they were to not even like 
it or just stay out of the way, I feel like, I don't know, maybe that would be enough to take out the Keepstar. Yeah, but remember, this thing is designed for super calf to kill them, not even calves. <laughs> we have we have tried so many times, right, in X47, to even use this calves and even subcaps to kill it. It took two, three crashed downtime for the server to entirely crack, uh, for the server to reset, to not even be able to kill it. And I don't know how the tie and the server performance is going to be in GTA Wing Perimeter. I mean, it is said that GTA is buffed at, at all time, right? That's why it's able to sustain thousands of people. But 6,000, 7,000 at once, I don't know how that will do to Perimeter's performance. It'll it'll tank for sure. You're probably right. The the server performance wouldn't even if they were to have enough numbers. I think the server performance would probably like you know fail cascade. But it still would be. I don't know. I feel like for a business opportunity, I feel like that'd be great. You know, losing all those battleships. That's true, yeah, yeah. That's a lot of flea shack. Yeah, oil attacks too. Yeah. But I was thinking because I know they a lot of they run a lot of ravens, so maybe they would try that. But yeah. Well, like Who the knows? DPS will be better on the leash, like, and they 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 need to get the 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 damage cap, and on a keep star, it's pretty high. I don't remember the number, but you will need a few leash acts. I mean, any keep star attacks, the first thing is server performance that we have to think about, and how that will do to the performance of the fleet and the performance of like how missiles gonna be tracked. Like tie dye fights, there's no missiles. Like it will get eaten by mm -hmm. tie dye. So and see right so that you lose a, a, a weapon option right there right so you have to really think about a lot of things when you start a keep start fight right and, and all the, also the shacks require less kind of like and the shack can't spool if you think about it <laughs> well that part plus i mean they, they don't require as much micromanagement as the raven would right because they're pretty simple I mean, Raven is not usable if there's no missiles. <laughs> so well, I mean, no, I get that part, but I'm also saying like the 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 amount of attention that you need to put in, especially now that things will be slower with tie dye, is a lot less than you know what you were saying with the Lashak. So I, I was just saying it's it's also a buff because with Ravens, I feel like you have to move around, you have to probably do like you know, follow in the anchor and all that stuff. Whereas with the Shacks, probably just have to just anchor and just sit there, kind of deal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Ravens, yeah. All right, cool. So we pretty much hit that over the uh, the head a couple of times. So now that we've kind of went ahead, we went, you know, went over the weekly news. I want to just go ahead and shift gears and try to put as much time into this next segment as I can. We started it last week and we went over hauling with Eric. And later on in the show, we were followed up with uh, Bacon Boy. But due to the amount of information and due to the amount of time that we had, we weren't actually able to get all the questions that we wanted out of the way. Boy, go ahead and ask in Twitch chat, and I'm going to make sure that I take note of them and ask them as we do the interview. And I feel like it's important to also reintroduce our guests because we did spend a lot more time than I was planning to on the news. So just one more time, Eric, could you just give us a brief description of, you know, who you are and Eve, who you fly with, and some important notable information that you wouldn't mind sharing with us. Well, like I said last time, I do try to keep my PvP and my business kind of separate. In terms of hauling and, and that type of stuff, I I run low sec buyback and I'm I work with high sec buyback as well, which I believe are the two largest public buybacks in Eve period. 
servicing all high sec and low sec space, as well as some Potchven that's a bit more niche. Bacon Boy also, uh, would you go ahead and just mind doing a brief interview once again for the audience? Sure. I'm the CEO of Galactic Hauling Solutions. We've been hauling your cargo with jump freighters for the last 10 years everywhere but null sec. So we cover all of low sec and all high sec, much like Eric does. We're looking forward to moving your cargo. Come on over to the in-game channel of GHSOL, and you can see some really exciting offers that we might get into a little later. Yeah, and also before we begin, too, I also heard from someone that you were also planning on running for CSM. Did you... Yeah. Uh, is that true? Oh, okay, you were. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to start... To, they, they haven't made the announcement of the election, so I'm pre-announcing. Oh. And uh, okay. I'm intending to represent the shippers, haulers, industrialists, traders, and focus on the contracting mechanism, which has really needed some attention for 10 years. It's needed a complete overhaul. I'm looking forward to doing some exciting things. I'm also uh, offering up for people who vote for me some free shipping while I'm in CSM. So, Wait. I, so did I hear that correctly? You're doing f free shipping for if Can I'm elected to C if I successfully get elected to CSM, I am ready to uh, move your cargo for free. Come on over to in-game channel Galactic Hauling GHSOL, sorry, in-game GHSOL, and you can find out all about those details. Yeah, we're gonna have to probably talk about that because I, I do I do need some free shipping, and I'm pretty sure the audience would like to hear a little bit more about that as well because it's kind of interesting. But yeah, not 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 gonna sit on that too much. Let's go ahead and just jump on into the questions now. So. For either one of you, once again, this video or this podcast today, it's going to be more aligned towards, well, we kind of went over the beginning stuff next time. So now I feel like the questions would be more suited towards intermediate to hopefully some a new player trying to get into advanced hauling. So the first question I, I, I feel like I've been hungry about wanting to know with hauling is what type of advice would you give someone who's just wanting just to start out? kind of like an intermediate courier contracts together. You can, you know, take turns really up to you. New player hauling can be very tricky because there's a lot of scams that target haulers. I would definitely tell anyone that's interested in starting to haul to just avoid citadels. Citadels can be extremely tricky for a lot of different reasons when it comes to, to hauling. Is there any specific like ships? Well, I, I know we kind of went into it a little bit last time, so we're not going to get back into ships. What about you, Bacon? Do you have kind of like any any things that you would want to add for somebody who's trying to get into, you know, intermediate hauling, intermediate hauling, but they don't know exactly where to start or what to look out for? Yeah, yeah. I prefer blockade runners. I think they're the most reliable, cheapest ship. You can move about 1.5 billion ISK in it relatively safely. You'll see that's what the larger courier corps, you know, end up doing. They, they, they serve a much broader segment in the market than galactic hauling or, or just jump freighters. And uh, I think, you know, when you move up to the deep space transport, you're going to find that you're going to get ganked a lot more often. They're just not as safe. They, you, you can get caught on gate a lot more easily. Ultimately, whether you choose a 
you know, just a T1 hauler or a blockade runner or a deep space transport, you're, the, the name of the game here is counting how many contracts you can complete before you get ganked. That's, that's, that's the trick here. I can talk about the jump freighter side, but if you want to look on the lower ends, I'm not going to have as many numbers here. Where, you know, what is it? Do you need to do 15, you know, contracts before you paid off your, your, you know, the ship that you're hauling with? You, you have to get a certain success rate. And and that way, you know, you'll know you're you're becoming better and better and improving because the number of contracts you're completing between gankings, you know, is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I, ideally, just as an example for a blockade runner, if you could do a hundred contracts without getting ganked, you could easily replace that blockade runner and don't even have to worry about the 1.5 billion you necessarily lost, you know, when you got ganked. Okay, that's a lot of lot of good information. Do you have a follow-up question to that, or do you have your own separate question? Yeah, like I guess this is more from a, a NASA perspective, and this is a really specific question. So sometimes we see a lot of times in those we have a bot right in at the TS Discord called Eve Feed Big Kills. We see a lot of times the jump freighter kills. Is it true that at least hauling wise, it's impossible if you do it right to not get jump freighters killed? Jeez, <laughs> that's quite a challenge there. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I understand what you're driving at, though. I'm sure that what you're going to be saying is going to be thrown in your face in a few years if you get elected. Oh, I, I can whip out a dozen <laughs> jump freighter gankings. You know, just, just tell me when you want to see them. And, and, and no, I've, I've lost my share of jump freighters. Um, I will say this one. You, you, you touched on the topic of if you execute perfectly, and that is not trivial. You know, the amount of clicks when you have to do them, you know, and no one really to guide you about what routine to develop, because that's what's going to happen. If you're a jump fair pilot, you're going to develop a routine, and it's going to take too long, <laughs> and you're going to be tempted to take a shortcut, and then if the gankers are there right there while you're doing your shortcut, you're going to pay for it with your ship but if you're very disciplined i mean there are jump fair pilots not me who have never lost a ship and they've done just as much hauling as me because they're extremely disciplined and they never rush and they always pause because that's what the jump fair can do jump fair pilot can do it's detecting the threat and then getting around it and one way of getting around it is to wait <laughs> i don't have to go through that gate now i don't have to go through the gate all afternoon i'll just sit here in the station until you get tired <laughs> I've I've done that. I've waited on I've time zone time zone tanked people because I actually I do jump freighter haul into NPC nullsec, and I undocked one time and they had the entire station bubbled and I literally just was like okay you know I redocked because you have the the invulnerability, which is a great tool if you're jump freightering. So you can undock, stop your ship, and actually have a second to look around, and then yeah, just dock up and wait, come back with a stealth bomber, clear all the bubbles later. Yeah, it's a lot of cat and mouse, uh, kind of like with hauling with jump freighters, right? There's a lot of little mechanics that you have to know. Like, again, even the, the invulnerability is something that new haulers may not know. When you undock, you got that 10 seconds, use it. Don't change direction, just stop your ship, look around, and assess. People will panic and, like, click warp or try to align. That can get definitely get you killed. Yeah, control, right. control space is your friend, right? <laughs> it just brings you to a halt. And if you're in a jump freighter, there is no such thing as a kickout station. 
We just move too slow out of it. We'll never leave any docking ring. I will point out one more thing, too. Much like Eric was saying, you're invulnerable you know, when you leave the station if you are smart about it. In a similar sense, you're invulnerable when you've gone through eight, too, right? You're cloaked up for 60 seconds. And if I see a wall of catalysts or a wall of stealth bombers or someone who's going to scram me, and then I'll be <laughs> then I'll be visited by that you know wall of stealth bombers. I can generally signal out ahead of them because I have an e-sign already, and the moment anything looked funny on the other side of the station, I lit it. And at that point, you know, I can I can get to the jump button before they can get to the lock button. Nice, nice. So you guys lose a lot of ventures, right? In that sense, <laughs> with all those industrial signals. You bet. <laughs> They're disposable. I lose hundreds every month. It's the cost of doing business. What it doesn't hurt me to lose the venture. The actual cost there is probably two to three hundred K and and that's you know, I, I buy at the right times and, and I manufacture you, you get the point. I, I I keep my prices down. What kills me though is losing the industrial sinos because those are five million and that's where the bulk of the expenses. You a lot yeah, of people also true. the system with another ship. Generally, the med clones right next door, and or, or you know, in the, in the same system, it is a little funny to see them pod me, and then I just pop back right into the same you know station system, and they go, "What happened? <laughs> I just right. potted. You're still in local. <laughs> oh well, yeah. No, but yeah, potting is, is is pretty material. You know, there's jump clones, there's med clones. You get the pit drift. Yeah. Here's another question I do want to ask you too. So, how do you manage your hauling operations? While you're engaging in, you know, other spooky systems or spooky regions, because I know you were briefly kind of touching on the NPC space. And then on top of that, you know, with that, how do you also kind of like separate yourself or keep yourself in like PVP hostile areas? Not 100% sure I understood the last part of your question. Well, sorry, let me, if if you were to say, for example, get a contract to, um, I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty sure you would avoid it, but like, say for example, there's a there's an area of space that is that has been already been kind of like updated to already be having a ton of conflict. Is there are there certain procedures that you would follow to kind of like keep yourself in those situations so you can complete those contracts? If if I have to go, like I said, I will jump freight into NPC null. I do not use citadels, any of them, unless I put them up myself, which I don't have any currently. But yeah, scout alts. I will run. I run four accounts usually, so I'll have you know three or four scouts running around keeping eyes on things. And then sometimes, if something's really weird, you you can light a separate emergency sino or even a decoy sino just to see if somebody's watching the in-game sino map. It, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say I, I got a cute war story for you, but it, it take a little time. Where it was incredibly hostile. It actually involves the Imperium. Years ago, when they uh, evacuated the north, so this is probably I don't know five. How, how long? How long ago would this been? I don't keep up NOSA politics enough. So, what was what time period was it? Or was uh, it when, when they left that area on the north side of the map and then went down to the southwest. You mean when they were living in uh, Delph, or no? Before then, that's what it went. from like duck. Declan. Oh, Declan. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. So there was a big, 
it was would be like a 2015 for World War B one. Yeah, that was when Test and Goons had evicted. I think there was a alliance called Own Alliance. Yeah, that was about six years ago, I think. Continue your story. Oh, also too, before you continue your story, could you also kind of like if you if there is any like important things that you would kind of be able to discuss to how you manage your operations too? That would kind of help out a little bit too. Sorry, so can you repeat that question? Yeah, so basically, this is specifically centered around like how do you manage your hauling operations? So like scouts, sinos, if there's any specific. Yeah, I have a sino network, and that means all my supplies are out there. This is actually one of the biggest barriers to entry because I probably have about 75 spots all across Losec where I'm where I got supplies. So then I just have to get the sino out there. You can do that with jump clones. I, I have a bunch of sino or a bunch of sino alts and and they all have you know nine ten jump clones so i can be almost anywhere instantly med clone to get back right other than that you simply start sinoing in that direction if the station if, if this, you know sometimes the stations are busy like help me with the pronunciation here ahabazan did i say that right abazan oh, abazan yeah. say that again i call it abazan yeah abazan that sounds fine to me yeah Abazon would be a perfect example of this that everyone's familiar with, where the system is always busy. I have my Sino supplies there, but I'll lose a, a venture every time I light it, because uh, someone will come over and blow it up, and I have to be a little careful. Maybe someone's going to try bumping me off the state, off the station, and of course, going through the gate towards Jita is always a, a fun time. <laughs> now, tell me about that war story you were going to get into. I feel like I kind of like knocked you off a little bit there, and I just oh, no would like to hear it. Yeah. So all all I was saying about was that they did an evacuation. Sarin is up in Lone Track. S A R E S A R A R E N or S A R E. Anyways, they were literally funneling funneling everything through there, and I would of course get contracts, probably from you know from from the goons, you know, who wanted me to move it instead of the instead of the. Uh, Alliance hauling, because I'm sure they were overwhelmed. To launch a venture out of a station, knowing all the places that the jump rear can appear, there are stations where you're, you're invulnerable, and then you light, and then you do a jump of the jump freighter in there despite everything around you. I mean, there are you know, 50 ships all ready to shoot you, but you know they're not fast enough on the you know lock and, and shoot. And the the, the the jump rear comes, you know, screaming in, and then docks. <laughs> and at that point, you pick up the load, and just like Eric was describing, you got your invulnerability and for the jump rear when it leaves, and you sign it back out. And I did it a couple dozen times over that week that they were evacuating, moving probably their stuff and, and getting my venture shot pretty regularly. Uh, but that's an example of operations in a more hostile environment. Hmm. Where I'm being shot by literally the, the same people in the organization that I'm moving their cargo. <laughs> I mean, that's sort of like baiting, right? In that sense. Huh? It's sort of like baiting you into the station. And no, 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 no. I, I mean, I, I, if you're baiting me, I can see what, you, what you're going to ask me to move. It'll be garbage. You know what I'm saying? Because you, you'll, you'll put empty containers in there and, and high collateral and, and hope I get ganked and then you get the collateral, right? So, but everything, you know, the, 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 when the values of the assets being moved matches the collateral, it's, it's probably not a bait. Yeah. 
Well, okay. So I also do a lot of industry myself and hauling is one of them, right? So it's kind of essential where you can't really do industry without hauling. But a lot of times, like a lot of people that I talk to who also do industry, myself included, finds hauling is kind of boring. So how do you like stay motivated long-term-wise to just keep this going? I'll, I'll refer this to Eric because what he does, I don't know how he keeps doing it. <laughs> yeah, hauling is... <laughs> It's definitely very repetitive, but again, like I run three or four accounts, so I'm usually doing enough different things. Like if I'm running blockade runners, I have scouts out. I'll also I do a lot of like market stuff, so I'll have an, an account up doing that while I'm while I'm doing it. I the the guys who just straight up run like a single freighter hauling in high sec all day that's that's a little bit different. I can see that getting pretty boring. But if you're hauling, especially for industry, you probably have a you know multifaceted setup where you can do other things and, and mm -hmm. pair it up. Yeah, definitely. Like, I guess the kind of hauling that I do is a little bit different, right? With like especially self now, we run like it's e very very easy for us to just do bridge titans and then just two side of titan, two side of destination with titans and and freighters. Right, so it's so that's very different from I guess commercial hauling in that sense, from I guess high sec all the way to no sec or anywhere in the in the universe. Oh, oh yeah, that that's the way to haul. I mean, your uh, your cost per whatever billions of is you know moved or whatever freighters and avatars every time. But you know, some of us can't afford avatars. <laughs> I mean, it just costs a lot of strengths. That, that's for sure. And the keep stars that go with them, and the huge fleet to protect them, and <laughs> yeah, but alliance hauling absolutely that's the way to do it. I've always wanted to get into it, yeah, yeah, like that's you, you see a fleet of like 20 freighters waiting on Titan, just waiting for the sino to lit up, and then you just when the sino's up, you see like all 20 of them fly away. Sometimes that's just like the logistic of war, right? We saw a lot of that actually during the fighting between. Imperium and Penfeb up in the north. Yeah, and when you get uh, to experience it, it's just yeah, magical. Yeah, I was always amused that the Fenrir that's, uh, was was the preferred fr regular freighter to use because of the low mass. Is that right? Is that right? I don't know. Because, like, I don't know. For me, I count it differently. I guess, so there are two ways of doing it. Like, one is the way I do it, which is I just do it for my corp, and then we are on a somewhat of a small scale rather than those kind of big lines wide or coalition wide logistics. Those are very different for sure. But from what I do, I just, because we live in Aquarius, right? So the isotope that we get here is helium, which is for the MAR. That's why I have my own arc as my junk freighter. Absolutely. Um, I, I yeah. think that makes more sense, right? Oh. As a soft null alliance, you choose the ratio uh, freighter with the place right. where you live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right, yeah. But the Fenrir doesn't actually burn any fuel, and and that's why I was mentioning it. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it has the lowest fuel cost for sure. I mean, the fire. Avatar will though. <laughs> it will burn fuel. <laughs> that yeah, that's true. So Titans moving a fleet of them, they burn. Strongs and isotopes, it burns a lot of them for sure. So yeah, it it gets the ice mining game going as well. <laughs> yeah, I've I've accumulated huge stockpiles of isotope 
especially when the whole corp switched over to Reyes so we could offer our customers the biggest you know, cargo size of 360,000 cubic meters. I really appreciate when scarcity ended <laughs> and the ice prices came back down. Yeah, so on that note, how has like scarcity or let's like, say cap, pro cap production and all that stuff affected, all those game changes has affected hauling in, in, in that sense? Absolutely. You know, people really don't realize just how much hauling underpins all activities and how there's often unintended consequences as CCP rolls something out. You know, T2 Dread is a perfect example of them doing it again. But, you know, before that was Edencom. Before that was Jump Fatigue and, yeah, you know, I'm sorry, Edencom Sino Jammers for, for Jump Freighter Pilots. And before that, it was Jump Fatigue. I know this is kind of Jump Freighter-centric. <laughs> sorry. Actually, I mean, I think that is a good, that's a question that actually would lead directly into kind of what you were getting into about CCP. So for you and Eric, how has the hauling industry changed since you first started playing EVE or since you first kind of started getting into hauling? Like what are some notable changes that you noticed? The largest one for me so far has been the interdiction changes with the nullifier. Because I do a lot of blockade running. That's probably the most common hauler I use is the blockade runner these days. Are you talking about the module itself that allows you to work through bubbles? Or yeah, you... and having to uh, use and manage it. Like, especially in some of these areas, people set up bubble camps in every concurrent system. So you like there's you have to have a little bit of knowledge of the area you're in. Because like there's a lot of times if I hit the nullifier, I have to wait that out in system before I hit the next gate because it'll also be bubbled. Considering those nullifier, like there's the T1... T2 and maybe like a faction, but if I remember correctly, like the T2 is worth nothing. Yeah. It's actually worse than the Tech 1 module. Yeah. The Tech 1 module is the best. How is that? It has the lowest cycle time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> See how that's a problem. Yeah. They have, I'm surprised that they haven't reverted it. Um, but yeah, it's like, I think the only case in EVE <laughs> the Tech 1 module is decidedly better than a meta or a tech two yeah it's pretty yeah. weird the only time like tech two is actually useful is on interceptors where especially scouts we because they get bonus for it and especially like tech three cruisers they, since they get bonus to it i think slightly better right it does have the longer cycle time but it gets reduced significantly by the hull bonus so it's worthwhile to then put it on those ships i see what you're yeah. saying yeah yeah that's kind of weird. I wonder why they haven't patched that. And it's, you know what? No, I'm not even gonna. I was gonna start talking about warp core stabilizers too, but never mind. So, did, uh, did you want me to talk about a, a more conceptual change since I've started hauling that I, I think people don't really appreciate, and that would be jump fatigue. I mean, the question's more related to what you feel is the most important aspect about hauling and what's changed. So, if you, you know, if jump, if that's oh. jump fatigue. Jump fatigue would be high on that list, top, certainly top three. And the reason I'm mentioning is conceptually, it's a very interesting idea. Before jump fatigue, I could just hop back and forth with impunity. You know, if I had 10 loads at one place I could, and you know I had to move them one sino jump away, I could have it done in 20 minutes, 30 minutes, huge. But what 
what they ended up doing when CCP introduced jump fatigue is they established a speed limit for jump right. freighters. And I'm, I'm mentioning this because it's a neat concept. If you're in a jump freighter and you're hopping, you know, from Sino to Sino, let's say max distance, worst case, you have to wait in station 10 minutes for your jump fatigue to, to lower to a point where it will no longer accumulate. Because that's the name of the game. Don't let it accumulate. And essentially, that means I can do six jumps an hour at best. That's my speed limit. Now, I can break the speed limit. <laughs> right? But then I will start accumulating jump fatigue, and in a matter of three, four jumps up, breaking you know, the speed limit, I will find I have hours of jump fatigue where you know now I can't use this jump freighter pilot, right? And I'm not going to earn ISK from them. <laughs> so I thought it was an interesting concept just to toss out there so your listeners understood just how jump fatigue affects the hauling industry. Yeah, and how about like getting even more like jump freighter halts? So that you don't have like jump fatigue, just switch the ship from alts to alts at every yes. jump. <laughs> that is the <laughs> tricky thing that I know some of the jump freer pilots that I work with do, and uh, you know it's pretty intriguing. But you gotta be running a lot of Omega accounts, <laughs> and that's a lot of skill points too for uh, yeah. Training forward. jump freighters on yeah. multiple alts is definitely an investment. I, I would say it's. You know, in my book, it's a bit of a luxury. I only know of a couple people who do it. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm suspecting, and I'll, I'll toss out a name. You know, and I, I've dealt with him occasionally, but we'll see what he thinks if he hears this. Moonpire, <laughs> he's got to have multiple Omega accounts. Wait, Moonpire, right? Did I say it right, Moonpire? Yeah, right? like yeah. I, we have seen them in Nolsec, especially the where the region where I live too. Those he's, people with Dominixes with like twenty Ls, and those people. I, I, my point is, I don't know if he's waiting 10 minutes in every station, you know, and obeying the speed limit and, and that thing, or if he has multiple jump freighter alts for each of his jump freighter hulls so that he can charge along. Because I'll tell you, that evac he did out of the southeast, you know, what was that, three, six months ago? That was impressive. <laughs> right, yeah. So I guess one of the things is, right now there's agreement, right? Like you said, down in the south where... Fire has been evicted, and those groups, there are a lot of new groups there, right? So a lot of, with new groups, they don't really necessarily have the ability to haul. Has that, like, give you guys more opportunities to earn money, or has that affected you guys at all, like the South Agreement? Well, if you're talking about, like, the Southeast, I, it might be, where, uh, might be where I live. Yeah, like, Immensia, um, what's it, D Detroit, like where all those ex fire space, right? With right now with a lot of small alliances, right? Just hauling jump freighters, as much as it's capable, right, to be run by one person or one corp, a corp a small corp in outside or small alliance in outside, that is still a lot of risk, a lot of investment there. So did, have they asked you guys for help or, or stuff like that? Well, I'll I'll step in here and, and mention Galactic Hauling, G-H-S-O-L, no <laughs> NullSec. <laughs> it, it really helps keep me under the radar of the NullSec alliances. And and I, I will say that you know, I'm, I've done NullSec Hauling on occasion. It's not like I've never done it. But, you know, it's through a fairly formal arrangement that involves a lot of, of cargo being moved. Nothing like what Moonpire did, but, you know... 
it's going to take a lot of is to convince me to go into null sec. <laughs> right, so it's either null, or it's like either no contract, or it's like going to be a big, big contract, right? Oh, I, like I said, I just don't go into null. It's 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 like Eric was saying. I don't do citadels. I don't do null sec. Both are just too complicated. Galactic calling solutions is a simple courier service. You know, we, we, we don't try to be everything to everyone. We, we handle our segment of the market. And at this point, the numbers I've been seeing in the last week or two show we're, we're actually the market leaders. Wow, that's impressive. <laughs> yeah, I, I was surprised by it too. I'd wondered for years and then I got more information and suddenly it's like, geez, we moved one out of every two jump freighter size loads loads out of low sec, out or in or, you know, in or out of low sec and we, we we did that all last month and all for this whole year quite a surprise yeah pretty crazy real quick too i did want to ask you this will be probably a, a weird question to be asked but has there been any heist that you've been involved in to to freight or it, you knowingly knew that Possibly the cargo was stolen on any of your on any of your contract jobs. Well, Eric's not jumping to that one, so I'll I'll speak to it. Not knowingly. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I, I will say that you know we don't ask questions. We can see what's in there, but I'm not sure exactly what cargo I would see that would tip me off. That this was a heist, but but let's say you know somehow there was some set of things, and I peeked, and and it's like, oh wow, I know what this is. The reality is, it's not my job. My job is 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 defined by that contract. Get it from here to there. I will say one thing that again is sort of the amusing war story, which was eight ten years ago. For whatever reason, CCP actually went after my jump freighter, my, my jump freighter alts account. And, you know, suddenly I couldn't log in and suddenly I had to go talk to a, a GM. And clearly what had happened is whoever did the heist just dumped it all on Galactic Hauling and they thought I was complicit. I think that might have actually happened twice back then. And then I think at that point I was on a list of <laughs> don't, don't go and shut down his account. He, you know, he's, he's a legitimate hauler, you know, and, and in that respect, I haven't dealt with it. For God knows, I can't. I barely remember those times. I'm wondering, have you like moved, let's say, to any faction for Desar lately, or something that well, might be worth like two T's or stuff? Well, I'll say first of all, I never revealed anything that we moved because <laughs> it was desperate. But I will say that our pricing has a seven billion cap. Now, it's not to say ah, okay. we our seven billion collateral cap. That's not to say, you know, we wouldn't entertain this type of thing, but I, I will I will say it wouldn't be handled within galactic calling. It would end up being a private matter. And and more reason I wouldn't say anything to you. <laughs> okay, but like if let's say for like it's an hypothesis, if we got like something of really high value to move in known space, like you might know someone. Oh yeah. Oh absolutely. I, I have all sorts of fellow haulers that, that handle the small expensive stuff that worth hundreds of billions, you know, and, and, and the same thing, you know, I, if it was jump freighter size, I'd pay attention to it. I, I always feel a little weird moving, you know, 10 meter, 10 cubic meters <laughs> in a jump freighter where the cargo hole's completely empty. And, and you always have to sort of raise an eyebrow, right? 
because you know you're definitely entering there as scams. But I don't know, Eric. What do you What do you think? Uh, I haven't gotten any contracts of that size. It would also be something that I would definitely not be opposed to, but it would definitely uh, it would raise some eyebrows. And it, like you said, it's one of those things you really got to watch because that's you start getting into uh, scam territory and you can lose a lot of money. I guess one of the things is when you do this scale of business, what do you do with the money that you you gain? Like, do you make investments? Do industry buy capital ships, or like, what do you do with them with money? In my case, it goes into supporting and growing the business, and also like, I recently just had a kid, right? So if I have spare risk, it means I can go longer while I sit on stuff potentially. It just yeah, it helps to not lose business. And sorry, that's not a good explanation. But yeah, I, no, I no, reinvest. I mean, basically all of the profit into uh, into the the service and the business. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a fine answer, actually. I, I mean, I've been working with you for well over a year now. Is it two years? And uh, you know, I watch the the cycle <laughs> of when your when your contracts come through. But for myself, with all my earnings, I, 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 I accumulate them. I pour a lot of it into fuel. So I have an enormous stockpile that you know is purchased at the right price. But then I also do crazy things like make outrageous CSM election or CSM election runs where, where I'm going. You know, if the CSM thing comes through, I will take an enormous hit to my wallet because... I won't be able to do all the business, and I'll have to incentivize all my jump fare pilots to move a huge amount of cargo. Right, uh, right. Okay. Without promise. <laughs> well, I, as I said, we, you know, with Black Calling, you know, we have the history. Fourteen thousand contracts moved over just a seven-year period. That was what was sitting in the Webster before it went down. Did three thousand contracts in the last year for a, a faction warfare group, and and. I haven't really got much chance to go into it, and, and maybe we'll get to it in this show, but the recent math I've been doing for the last year or two, or sorry, last week or two, I said that wrong, last week or two, is showing that as a rough number, there are a thousand low-sec, you know, non-null-sec, low-sec, high-sec, uh, jump freighter-sized contracts being made every month, of which I'm saying Galactic Calling is getting about 500 of them. So we, we, we can handle a lot. And uh, I'll be, of course, you know, hiring more jump fair pods. I've been doing it for the last three months. I'll be hiring even more the moment the CSM election comes through. Actually, I, I do actually have a, a side question to that. So with that amount of contracts, I'm pretty sure there's also a lot of competition. How do, you know, this is a question is for both of you. How do you both stay competitive in the market? And how do you also, especially with the information that you were about to get into, how do you still manage to maintain profitable or have a profit margin that's positive to continue to do that? As to competition on my side of things, a lot of it is size, right? Like I said, I believe we're the largest public buybacks in EVE. I mean, I, I don't know that we can uh, be larger than some of these large NullSec groups, but I think it's in terms of public buybacks, at least in high-sec and low-sec, we're, we're the largest, right? So we have a little bit of a name. 
a lot of competition does pop up, especially around like the low sec. And in those cases, we tend to be easier, which is what a lot of people are looking for in a, in terms of a buyback service on the hauling end. It's, it's a little bit different. It's usually whether you can be the cheapest while still being reliable. So to kind of make sure I'm understanding, like, so we, the way that you guys stay profitable or the way that you also set yourself aside from the competition is just based off of your sales proposition that it's just easier for customers to use your service. And with that, of course, the high sec buyback and low sec buyback website is, is pretty amazing too. Yeah. So there's three things that people really care about, right? It's easy use, speed, and I, I totally agree with what Eric said. I, I might reorder it though, Eric. I think cost is going to be at the top of the list. Ease of use is really a function of how complex your organization is. Eric does buyback. It has to be complex. But I do hauling. It doesn't have to be complex. We do flat rate hauling. And for that reason, it's very simple to use. And then finally, speed of delivery is always a differentiator. But because there's no way of proving who's fastest, because the information isn't out there you know, in a transparent fashion, it's a little hard to make that case. The, the customers that noticed your your speed and how quick you were to deliver are the ones who are the repeat customers. So maybe in that respect, you could measure it by repeat customers. And in Galactic Calling, we were up at around 75% of the contracts were repeat customers, though it's dropped to about two-thirds, 66%, probably because we're getting a big influx of new customers due to the CSM thing. Right. And do you also, so this, this could be questions for both of you too. Do you also try to keep your prices as low as possible or are you pretty competitive with your prices as well? Absolutely. I'll, I'll throw that in there. And, and, and my reason for, for, for mentioning that is, you know, we could sit down and I can break out exactly how much of a $210 million contract is going to expenses. I'm, I'm more than happy to do that. But the more important thing is that I have a handle on each expense, the time spent hauling, and that obviously start you could potentially show that as an ISK per hour, you know, earning potential. My point is our pro our prices have been always driven off our expenses and a fair you know compensation to the jump freighter pilot, and I'm not so sure my competitors work that way. I know one of my competitors absolutely just follows the other one's lockstep. They raise, one one competitor raises, the other one raises, just to be just below it. And I I, I do feel like one of those competitors um, has, has really increased the price to the point of, of hurting their market share. You know, they, they have no problem with tracking a jump freighter pilot, but how much work do they now have for them? So mm -hmm. it's a bit of a trade-off. There's, there's always going to be a floor, which is your expenses and, you know, fair compensation for the time. But in addition to that, you know, you, ha you have to always be looking at how can you deliver more to your customers. Anytime we've done a price increase, we've also given something back to the customer. Here, here's more cubic, here's more cubic meters, you know, for you to put your cargo in. Here's a higher collateral we'll take for you. That type of thing. So anytime there's been a price increase, we've always tried to give something back so it was more palatable to the customer base. And for that reason, I don't think we've ever had shrinkage. It's it's funny that you bring that up too, because at the beginning of the video when you were kind of introducing that free hauling service, I don't know. Whenever I feel like whenever I call like 
when I had cable or whatever I'd call like Spectrum, there's always like that deal that they're willing to promote to either get a customer or get a repeat customer. Um, and I kind of feel like with your corporation, just by how you describe things, it seems like you're more focused on the consumer's enjoyment at the end of the whole process. I mean, the jump freighter pilot is important, but at the end, you want to make sure that the customer itself or the con the, the, the consumer of the service, the, the person submitting the contract is the one that receives most of the enjoyment. Is that something that you've always kind of been in a mindset of? And is that also kind of why? Absolutely. Customer based always. And, and I think Eric would agree. It's not only, you know, that you do what you said you do because we, you know, our 210 million rate says three days, but when they see it delivered in single digits hours, like six hours later, they get excited. And I, Eric, I think you're in the same boat too. When they put a contract up, you know, buyback contract for you, if it's accepted within two hours, they're your repeat customer, right? Yeah, we, we get a lot of people that are amazed with how fast we can accept contracts sometimes. And it definitely, it definitely helps. I think and they actually important. get it done in less than an hour in a lot of times too. Yeah. I and, think and buyback is less again, than an right? hour, yep. Eric, and then the sorting begins, right? <laughs> sorting all that stuff because you get you accept it within an hour. I deliver it within six hours, and then wait, it took two days to get to market because sorting sucks. <laughs> sorting, repackaging, yeah, repackaging could use a little bit of love, but yeah, when you were talking about complexity before, the operations are complex on the back end, not customer face. For the customer, it's very easy. You know, we you. But in the number, you put up the contract, you get your money. I could only imagine that. I do want to lead into a follow-up question about that. But with Bacon, do you – so with that mindset for your customers, is that why, you know, with the campaign slogan at the beginning of the video, it seemed like you were more customer-friendly and um, – no, that's not how I want to word that. But with that, is that why you've kind of just kind of migrated your, your promotions into your CSM campaign as well? Oh yeah, we we had promotions before this. Right. We have a Citadel trial that's been going on where we truly we spun it off into Citadel Hauling Solutions. It's separate from Galactic Hauling's, but a sister organization, and they do all sorts of things like centralized billing, load consolidation. Obviously, we've worked out deposits to ensure if our jump fares get shot outside of a Citadel, the jump fare pilot doesn't suffer. You know, he's compensated for losing it to at a Citadel. But even before that, we had another one that was really popular for a while. We had over 1,500, and I should say, sorry, before I go on, the Citadel uh, trial has had 3,000 contracts. That That's nothing trivial. That's a huge endeavor over a year, and it's gone wildly well. Everyone involved is excited. But the other one, that other other program that both customers and jump fair pilots have been excited about, which was temporarily removed at the end of the year just to simplify things during the CSM election, was... Evac, uh, it's evacuation, and what we did, and I, I don't know, Eric, I, did you ever use what Jesus at all? The evacs, yeah, yeah, a couple times, I, I remember. But what we do is we move your cargo in low sec to the closest high sec station, and then you can use some other hauling service that's purely high sec to move it far more cheaply, and we cut our rates in half. And that's the customer focus. So now instead of asking for 210 million, we said 
If you'll let, if you'll do this as conveniently for us as possible, we'll chop your rate to 105 million and move the same amount of cargo. And then, of course, they shift it over to Red Frog and move it far cheaper from you know the boonies and in, in, in high sec to G. Not the boonies. <laughs> the boonies. I call Berta the boonies. <laughs> I call Zincon the boonies. <laughs> Now, before we continue, we are actually getting, I didn't even notice the, the time. And it's just kind of like I was saying in the last episode, it's just hard to get all the questions that we want in because I think we, between Shin and I, had a combined total of 30 questions and I think we only got to like less than 10. So hauling is complicated. And before we do close, I do want to give the audience a chance to, you know, ask any questions that they may have wanted to ask you know, Eric or Bacon Boy, is there any questions from the audience members that I may have missed or, um, you know, during the video you wanted to bring up that it, we didn't already ask? Give you a few minutes for that. And yeah, I will say uh, all these programs I was mentioning are with a customer focus of how to integrate what the customer needed with what the jump freighter can, pilot can easily do. And we incentivize that with lower rates. Nice. Also, if you got questions that have not been answered during this show and that you're listening to us on YouTube, use the comment section below to ask the question and we'll, we'll make certain that they are get answered. Also, don't forget to like and subscribe. Very good point, too. Also, I guess while we're waiting on, we'll give it about another minute or so. While we're waiting for the closing questions, I did have somebody private message me about Bacon, Bacon Boys. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I put like the image on them to be sure. Like it's a beacon. It's a sign of beacon. I'm, I'm trying, man. I just bacon. Eric's just cracking up every time you do it. I watch him chuckle, and I'm going. Eric's like, he did it again. Is this is it rolls today. off the tongue? You know, we were laughing about this at the beginning of the show. It just rolls off the tongue so nicely. Oh yeah, you no know, bacon boy. Oh yeah, well, whatever you remember when you go to vote. But, dang it, now, now I'm getting on a tangent here. <laughs> yeah, so somebody messaged me about the promotion that you were offering. I know we didn't really get into it, or we didn't have a lot of time. Is there any important specific information that you want to go ahead and just drop for for the, the question? Yeah, yeah, it's fine. I'd love to go into some of the details. What it comes down to is everything depends on the CSM election. If after that I've one, this all happens. You create one paid contract before the end of the election to Galactic Hauling, and I will move one free load every month from the same alt for the whole time that I'm in CSM. So you're putting in $210 million, which you might already be spending anyways, maybe even with the competitors, I don't know. <laughs> and my point is, you have potentially as much as 2.5 billion in free services spread out over the whole year. Now, I want to point out one more thing before I you know, before we go into any further part of this. Every single Omega account that is going to vote potentially has three alts. If you made three paid contracts, one with each alt, you'd actually now be getting three free loads per month for that whole time I'm in CSM with this Right. And I have no ability to tell whether you voted for me or not. No one can tell how you voted. You know, if your NullSec Alliance people are telling you, hey, you know, you need to vote this way, they'll never know if you slipped me in the first slot or not. And my reason for saying this is, so I have to have a list 
And I bet you all those people who did in my list of completed contracts are the ones who probably voted for me. <laughs> so I, it helps me out. That, I mean, if you're wondering why the paid contract there, it is an investment, but it's also a streamlining internally. I now have the list. I can turn to each of my jump fair pilots and say, hey, if you see this guy's name on, you know, having done a contract and he has a zero reward, go ahead and do it. I will pay you out of my wallet. So I will be compensating all my jump freighter pilots for your free loads. Oh. Remember, you can tell one of your friends about this too, and maybe they're about to spend two hundred and ten million on shipping somewhere. And this is your chance to get them free shipping. And just as we were about campaigning to, for me, <laughs> just as we were about to close, actually, I did get another question. So, he Orion asks, "What do you want to change?" with your CSM, if you were to get in CSM, what would you change, I guess, uh, exclusive to hauling? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I get to point. The, the platform. <laughs> Before, besides getting something for yourself, you know, what are the changes? My main focus has always been on the contracting uh, mechanism, which hasn't really been overhauled for 10 years. I, and, and, and even the item sorting. I mean, what Eric was describing there of needing a massive overall way of, of repackaging a bunch of things that it doesn't matter if it's you know repackageable enough just just do it and and then stack them and he it, he needs tools to help him with sorting in my opinion that's what i would be advocating for when it comes to t2 dreads i would as a csm representative be sitting there saying do you understand what you're going to do to the economy when all jump raiders have to come to a halt because they can't go through a gate between low sec and high sec because of those two t2 dreads and their lances behind them the edencom sinojammer fiasco would be another one and i'll be blunt in saying they really needed a hauler's point of view when it came to jump fatigue because they've reworked that so many times I know everybody's ready to get get out of here, but even then, like courier contract is is terrible for a lot of people. They have to do, you know, twice the amount of contracts just to move one freight to avoid getting ganked. You know, like a few people call it double wrapping, if that's the correct term for. for yeah, <laughs> we you know yeah. And making triple wrapping would be a huge yeah. boon to NullSec alliances because they could shift cargo around much more effectively. Additionally, bonuses are needed potentially where for early delivery, you know, the shortest delivery time you can specify oh, 24 cool. hours, but I have lost track of the number of people who want to go and, and, and see, you know, a, an extra 10 million for every hour earlier you do or some mechanism like that. So they can tip in a sense, their, their hauler for fast delivery. And then in a, a recent in a, a stream yesterday, we were talking about how making all the completed contracts from the public queue available would so much help people in understanding what is market rates. I got the so question you're talking for about you. like a re oh, go ahead. You have something for the wormhole people? <laughs> Bigger wormholes? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I wish I could say I have some, but to be honest, I don't haul there. And the one courier corp that I know that does haul there, it, it's it's really a limited service. But you know, if it's a challenging place to deliver, and especially if you're in a jump freighter, <laughs> well, that's yeah. scary. I wouldn't even want to do it. <laughs> yeah, but um, but even smaller ones. I mean, I'd be advocating for smaller haulers too. 
Now, so to make sure I understood that correctly, were you saying you wanted to create a repository of prices so that other people yep. kind of get it? Gotcha. And okay. All my suggestions are fairly simple to implement. I do understand CCP has limited development. So we're looking at the, I'm looking at the items that have minimal development for maximum gain. And if you had a list of all completed contracts, sortable, where you can categorize it by region, and you can then narrow the, the variables. You can say, look, the last 50 contracts that went from Amar to Jita were this price with this size. And, 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 and you know, these rewards are you know, even ISK per, you know, per meters cubed. You could see mm. these things. But wouldn't that be like a security? Well, wouldn't that be like, wouldn't that be kind of dangerous to see like the, the characters' names that are hauling? Yes. And like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I absolutely agree. And what we've done in, in you know, I had a website up for seven years, and we scrubbed that data. And so I have experience doing this. We did it within Galactic Calling. It worked wonderfully. And we never had a security breach on data. So what you're, what you're suggesting is more or less just the starting destination, the size, the price, the price per jump, and then the ending yep. destination. Everything else want, is... You probably want to break it down into groups of sizes. Like, this is you know, blockade runner size. Oh. This is DST size. This is jump freighter size. This is regular freighter size. And, and you can that see how cool. it's filterable and sortable. This is really not a lot of work. I did it for seven years and, and it ran wonderfully. It, it's yeah. less intensive than the mining ledger. So yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, the mining ledger has so much information. It has the system you mined in, the amount of ore, the type of ore, and all of that stuff. So yeah, I think that'd be amazing and if they did that. These are the things in CSM I could advocate for. Everyone thinks hauling is simple, but it underpins everything. And as it becomes more streamlined with simple changes, the game gets better for everyone. Right. Yeah, we have one last thing, I think. I mean, since we're on the topic of CSM, and do you think the MER has anything that we can provide in terms of hauling? Right? Because one of the things that, that's on the MER is the import and export between different regions, right? Do you think, let's say, if you get on M CSM, do you think the MER needs to be updated to reflect hauling in any sense? And do you oh, think well, is the import-export a valid one, or do you think there should be something to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I do look at that on the monthly economic report, and I will say I've been very encouraged by the changes that CCP's made in the last three to six months in expanding it. I think there's room to expand it a lot more, but but I will absolutely say I don't understand the level of effort by whoever's doing it in CCP, and, and that's always something we have to factor in. Yeah, we're over the time. I wish I was better managing time with this show, but uh, yeah, we probably got to start pulling the plug here before no, we close. No part, no part three? <laughs> Man, I don't know about There's the comment three. section for that, so I will invite you uh, Beacon Boy and our friend, uh, don't want to miss your name too much, Eric, to uh, keep an eye out on the uh, YouTube video of it to be able to answer the questions that people will have in the comment section that are in direct link with what have been discussed today. I'll be there. And just as a general invite, come in game to channel GHSOL and I'll answer any questions you want. That's actually a good segue to my next point. So uh, I was just going to say, does anybody, does everybody have like a closing a statement that they want to add before we go ahead and close up the show? Like advertising your corporations, you know, just say oh, something well, funny. Yeah, sure. 
Tuesday at like 2015 Eastern Standard Time Zone. There's the Beaver Show on the Serene Advance channel on YouTube. So be sure to have a look at it. We also speak about different kinds of news and have some weird mascot doing some weird stuff. But it's funny. So yeah. Sure. Cool, cool. What about you, Eric, or Bacon? Bacon? <laughs> Bunchin? Do you have anything you want to close with? Oh, I'm good. You know, just that usual plug. Come on and, and talk with me in-game and channel GHSOL. I'm happy to go over anything about the CSM or even your most detailed needs when it comes to hauling. I'm very good at taking a pile of cargo and, and finding intriguing ways, so I may just refer you to Eric in many cases. <laughs> I don't have anything too specific. If anyone's curious about our services, we have an in-game channel, which is HSBB Public. Uh, we also have Discords for low sec or high sec buyback. So if people are curious, shoot me a you know Discord message or or whatever, and we can get you sorted out. Yeah, for me, I guess aside from hauling back to the news, like looking for the Viridian expansion, right? It's coming in June. We don't know what day it's going to be, but uh, yeah, that's that's something very, very looking forward to testing all new dress and and all that stuff. Yeah. All right. And I I do want to close on this. You know, if you are a pilot looking to join the best faction that is in EVE, you know, that's that's including the Galante, the Kaldari, and and the the, uh, the Amarians that are the worst. Come join the Mimitar Republic. You could either join the faction itself or you can join our independent organization of mining corporations that are all affiliated with the Mimitar Republic. We're super friendly. We have a ton of business and a ton of stuff that needs to get done. We're looking for haulers. We're looking for miners. And you don't have to join the alliance or the corporations to get involved. So if you're interested, you can shoot me in Discord. Shoot me in Discord. Shoot me a message in Discord or you can shoot me a message in game. Cool. All right. Well, that is the show. Thank you, everybody, for sitting around and listening to us talk about the wondrous life of hauling. We'll have a show coming in the next few days, and you have a good one, New Eden. Thanks for having me out. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>